Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Biden administration unveiled plans yesterday for a new $27 billion green fund. EPA issued new guidance for the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, which is one of President Joe Biden's campaign promises that became law under the Inflation Reduction Act. That fund, which will be awarded through competitive grants, is designed to invest in clean energy projects in low-income and minority communities that often face the worst effects of pollution. The rollout of these grants come after community development organizations and a group of green banks have been fighting for some time now over who should get the bulk of that funding. So today, Politico Zach Coleman on the details of Biden's new green fund and the fighting over that funding. It's Wednesday, February 15th. So Congress created this fund through the Inflation Reduction Act and Really, it's to basically bring in investment in clean energy to places that have been, at this point, avoided by private investors. I mean, if there were commercial interests in some of these markets, then you would already see that investment taking off. And what you see here is a lot of the term that the Biden administration uses is disadvantaged areas, but we can think of them as low-income areas, places where you have to look at investments in a different way. And the idea here is to use some of this public money, $27 billion here we're talking about, to bring in private investment, often by using federal taxpayer dollars as a de-risking kind of incentive, basically saying if we're going to combine with the private sector on an investment, the federal dollars will take the first loss to get a private investor more comfortable with going into this market where they don't see the return on investment or the, the play for them commercially without some sort of sweetener. So the idea here is to make sure that all communities, especially those have, that have been burdened with higher levels of pollution and traditionally been underinvested in, can also take advantage of clean energy and be able to participate in that market. Gotcha. And then the backdrop of this announcement is that based on your reporting, both community development organizations and a group of green banks are fighting over who should get the bulk of the funding. So what is that competition all about and why is it important? Yeah, so on the one side, you have community development financial institutions, which are essentially development banks that have, as part of their certification through the Treasury Department, a requirement to lend to 60% of their book has to be in low to moderate income communities. So they are very familiar with working in some of the same communities that Congress and the Biden administration want to target. And you also have credit unions that fall into that category, serving a lot of more rural areas where, again, commercial lending isn't necessarily always viable or interested. You have them saying, we want to serve communities that we are familiar with. These are areas that normal private lenders that big banks have traditionally overlooked. They just don't understand our communities. So we should be the ones with the money because we are trying to solve the underinvestment that Congress has created this fund to correct. But then you also have this other side of it, which is the green banks. And these are specialized lenders that focus on renewable energy and energy efficiency finance that say, look, we know how to structure these deals. We have the engineers on staff. Like This is our bread and butter. We were created to invest with an environmental lens. We should be the ones 
handling all this money. And a lot of the green banks have kind of formed a coalition here to say, we want to have one national bank to run this program out of EPA. They kind of argue that this is an easier way to leverage public dollars to bring in more private money because they're the specialists, they've done this work, and they think that they can make this a more effective lending process if they were the ones to run it. Right, and EPA did not rule out giving the money to a single organization, right? So what does that say about its intent? Well, it's really not easy to figure out where EPA wants to head with this. I mean, what was interesting here is in their announcement, they said that they would choose between 2 to 15 recipients of this larger $20 billion portion. There's another $7 billion portion that goes to states, nonprofits, tribal governments, municipal governments that they then bid out on a competitive process on their own. But for the EPA portion of this, where they are choosing recipients, they said between 2 and 15. So that would seem to indicate that they agree with some of the community lenders that say, look, we need to diversify the lending pool. We need to have more touch points with the end users here. It should be a more dispersed disbursement of money. But at the same time, reporters like myself and my colleagues on the call with Administrator Michael Regan and Jahi Wise, who is running the fund, tried to pin them down on this. We said, does this rule out one single bank? And they kind of hedged a little bit until one point Administrator Regan said, we're taking no options off the table. So it doesn't seem like they've foreclosed the idea of eventually formulating one national bank, but they want basically all the best ideas to come forward first before they make a final decision. So it'll be interesting to see. This is going to take months. I mean, they are opening the funding opportunity by summer, and they have to get rid of all this money at EPA by September 30th, 2024. So there isn't like that much time to figure this out, but they have left all options on the table. So it'll be interesting to see where this program ends up. Also, executives from U.S. and European LNG companies met with European Commission officials in Washington to discuss the European Union's plans to form a buying group to help member countries meet their natural gas needs. The Tuesday meeting included representatives from more than two dozen companies and trade groups, according to a guest list provided to Politico. EU officials used the meeting to pitch plans for member countries of the political bloc to use their combined purchasing power to buy at least 15% of the region's natural gas inventory needs. The aim is to prevent the EU members from bidding against each other and driving up the price of natural gas, which skyrocketed last year as European companies scrambled to replace their gas supply after Russia invaded Ukraine. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.